everybody, and welcome to episode number 40 of the Feasible Filmcast for June 16th, 2017. My name is Christopher. Um, today on the show, we have reviews of The Mummy 2017. We have a little catch up on Alien Covenant, uh, the Netflix sci fi movie Spectral, as well as Logan. So let's go ahead and kind of give initial impressions on the mummy and kind of go from there now. I'll say that when the mummy first came out, I really enjoyed, you know, the first two. The third film was a bit of a mess, but the first two, you know, especially the first one was, you know, aiming to be more toward, more like a uh, Indiana Jones remake than anything else. But for the time it had, you know, decent special effects. Uh, it had, you know, pretty good acting, you know, it, it just, Steven Summers doesn't do, uh, like a fantastic job, you know, setting up the characters or, you know, creating anything that's like visually stimulating other than maybe the, 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 the face sequence on the sand. But for the most part, I remember, uh, you know, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I saw, I, I must've watched it twice in the theaters when it came out and at least two or three times on, you know. DVD and Blu-ray at this point, but uh, yeah, so, and then, you know, the second one I enjoyed, uh, you know, just as well, and now, when the Mummy trailer, or when the movie came out for the first one, especially when uh, Tom Cruise was attached, I thought it was kind of strange, because um, they had, this This was before there was any talk of any type of, you know, the quote-unquote dark universe that they're talking about, where they're going to bring in, like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and the Invisible Man, and et cetera, et cetera. And um, so I was kind of apprehensive at first when, you know, that was making the rounds before the movie came out, like in the promotion, uh, just because, y you you know, you would just figure that most of the movie, they would just try to shoehorn in, you know, the, the backstory of those characters and, you know, a, an eventual connection, just like most of the Marvel and DC movies are doing. And it's not going to be a movie that's just going to, you know, stand on its own. And that's mostly the case with this film. I'd say probably 40%, if not 50%, is, you know, more like 40% is dedicated to, you know, setting up the story for this d dark universe, which is just, just ridiculous. Um, it just sounds ridiculous. Um, but it stars Tom Cruise, is written by Alex Kurtzman. Um, Screenplay, screenplay by David Kep. So, you know, a competent team going into it. You know, you know, other than Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe, there's really not any other actors that, you know, stood out to me that did anything great other than, um, uh, what was her name? Uh, who did the main Sophia Botella? Yeah, she was she was actually excellent. Um, and. Uh, but, you know, it just, the movie, if you've seen the trailer, it's one of those films, like, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen practically, you're, you're not going to get much more out of it than that. It's, um, it's got a little bit of action, um, you know, it's got, it's trying, it, what it's trying to do at the end of the day is it's trying to be like the first movie. They're trying to graft, um... Uh, the, they're, they're trying to graph a character from uh, the mum, first Mummy on Tom Cruise. And 
it just at a certain point it just gets ridiculous. I mean, you're 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 not rooting for any of the good guys, the quote unquote good guys, because Tom Cruise's character and his sidekick are both like thieves. Then the army, they're thieves, and they just kind of go into areas, take what they want, and sell it on the black market and go about their day. So they're Brendan Fraser. That's what I was thinking of. They're they're not um, they're not really likable characters. So at none at not at any point in throughout the film was I behind them. I was I was more behind the the bad guys in the movie, and especially Sofia Botella's character. Is it um, is it Aminet or um, I forget her name. I'd have to go look it up. But um, yeah, she. Uh, yeah, her her character I thought was amazing and by far the best part of the movie. And it, in my opinion, if they would have made a movie that was just her, you know, I mean, if she was the main star and like she was the, you know, the the bad guy, and maybe you had like a uh, make it more like a Godzilla style movie, and you know, just involve the world other than you know just a, some, a couple of specific characters. But it just doesn't make much sense, you know. Uh, without like spoiling much, Tom Cruise sets in motion just like Brendan Fraser, uh, uh, the chain reaction that that uh, curses him and unleashes the mummy upon the world, and you know it goes from there. And you aren't, and like I said, since since you aren't really rooting for Tom Cruise and he's not really likable, you know all the banter in between, um, you know, with the archaeologist that comes with her, it's just. It never really adds up to much. There's never really any personality between them. There's definitely no chemistry. Um, there's no real, there's no laughs. And the the movie does its it tries its hardest to make sure that every that there's like most of the movie is told in um, narration and it's just so overwritten and so obvious that they're trying to get across certain things. And like you know when you're going throughout a movie and it's kind of convoluted. And they're trying to save it towards the end, and there's like a final battle, and you know the the main actor gets beaten down, and then you know they 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 you know zooms close to him, and then they you know they have flashbacks of what the certain people said, and you know then they get empowered or they figure out something, or you know it's that type of you know cheesy nature, and and especially happens at the end, and they want to make sure that the audience member knows. If you, it, I mean, it's not that it's not hard to follow, but they want to make sure that these characters are central to the plot, and they want to make sure all their ducks in a row for the next, you know, however many you know films they do, or you know, when they team up eventually, whatever. But it's kind of like the case of, um, it, it's kind of like the opposite of uh, uh, the DC like Justice League movie. You know, some of them like Cyborg, Flash, and Ar- uh, Aquaman haven't had their own, you know, separate movies, whereas you'd like to see those before they eventually team up, whereas this, it's almost like you just kind of want to see them all team up, like uh, something like um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you know, it, it, you know, they, they take the time to introduce each character, you, you know, a little bit about each one of them, and, you know, they go on from there, you know, with battles, and they all have their certain powers, and certain specific things that they do, and it seems to me that this one could have just this quote-unquote dark universe could just have, just be one movie, just one long movie, or maybe two parts, or, you know, giving each character their own movie just seems kind of strange, and um, to me at least. And one I'm, after seeing this, definitely not looking forward to, 
Um, but you know, it, it's just the, the, the story sloppy and, uh, the action's not all that great. Now I will say that, uh, the special effects, um, were decent. You know, they had, they, you know, the, the mummies looked good. Uh, the action sequences were actually pretty good. Um, but like I said, like the big things happen, all you, you've seen them all in the, in the trailers, you know, even in that small little teaser trailer that they released, like right from the, from the get go. And, uh, you, you never really surpasses that, you know, and it, it's never really any, in, in any interesting places. Um, there aren't really any, <laughs> there, there just is no, it, it's like you go in and you check out this film and it's supposed to set up this, these grand characters, I guess, to, to team up yet. I know really nothing about them at the very end of the day. And, uh, that's a problem I think, cause it, it doesn't really know what it wants to be. You know, it's not scary. It's not funny. Uh, the action sequences are just decent. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just, it, it just seemed like, and, and you know, and you go online and you read about, you know, Tom Cruise having like control over certain story elements and certain story bits because he, you know, I guess apparently he doesn't want to look bad or he wants to look a certain way. And, um, but you know, it, it just doesn't matter because he's not a likable character. Neither is Russell Crowe's character. And, and when they, they finally get to where they start explaining this, uh, collective universe, it's just, it, it, there's just like an overarching storyline that I won't spoil that they just shoehorn in. You know, it's just like, why, why, do, why do I need to know this? It's like, oh, we're on this adventure and it just cuts. And then it's just straight story, straight dialogue, moments and points that I just don't care about. You know, I'd rather just have, you know, just a, 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 a you know, just a fun, logical summer blockbuster that, you know, if they want to set them up, just set that stuff up later, you know, um, set that up in the, um, post-credit scenes or a web, web episodes or something like that. I don't understand why they need to, you know, shove that part of the story down our throats and especially long segments of it. So I, I definitely would not recommend watching this, you know, just go see, uh, go see Wonder Woman again, you know, d definitely don't go check this out. And, uh, um, but I'd give it, um, probably, uh, two, a two out of five, a low, low two out of five. So it could be, it's, it's right around a 1.5, but we'll round up to two. It's like a 1.75, I guess, if you get down to the nitty gritty. So we'll uh, go up to two. And so, but you know, if you guys have views on this or you know you think it's worse you think it's better yeah let us know in the in the comments and uh um you know i'd just love to hear what you guys think so moving on here so uh this was a movie that i caught a little late like two weeks later um it's uh ridley scott's alien covenant and uh the history with me and alien is i uh like like as a young kid, I watched Predator first. I think that was my very first rated R movie. And I must have been like, I don't know, maybe nine, nine or so. 
And uh, that just kind of set the bar for me from, for like, uh, like sci-fi, horror, action movies. And then like soon after that, um, I watched Alien, which was more of a, a, a slow burn art house film. And I didn't really grasp it as much, but I uh, um, associated kind of the end, like when it turns into like a slight slasher movie. Um, you know, I never thought it was boring. You know, I thought that all the visuals and things were interesting at that time. Of course, it's one of my favorite movies now. But at the time, I just I, I remember, and I'm sure you guys can connect with this. It's it it, it you know if you watch it as a kid, it it it, it especially you know just the, the the gore and you remember like the the chest burster and you know and it sets up scary like slow moments and you know that's what really grabs you and then you know there's like the finale of course but um so you know fast forward you know through you know aliens 2 which was pretty much action 3 you know tried to capture something slightly different for was of its time <laughs> and then you know it's like trying to revitalize it and make it a 90s style action movie and then uh you know you know if you count the aliens versus predator movies and then um, then the Predator remake, and now we're at, you know, Prometheus, and I liked Prometheus. I thought, I, I really liked it, you know. It was a way for, you know, them to, uh, you know, Shaw and Alike and the crew to kind of find out a little bit more about where we came from, and especially finding, you know, those hieroglyphics in, at Earth and in you know, getting the coordinates to go and actually meet supposedly our maker. And I thought that that was just such an interesting concept. And with um, Alien Covenant, most of that is just kind of thrown out the window. And it's a, I would say it's kind of a, a two-part movie. One part being, you know, the slasher film of your, like, of kind of like the first one in a way, um, but not as interesting. And then... And it also kind of deals with, you know, religion and, uh, like, revenge and um, David's point of view. So there's kind of like two movies here battling each other. And one never really wins over the other. And neither one really works all that well. Or, you know, things you've seen, you've, you've seen before or you know what's going to happen or it's telegraphed from the beginning. So... You know, we'll, we'll just kind of go into like the, the a small, uh, um, we'll just go into like a brief synopsis. So there's a new, there's a new crew out and uh, they're carrying um, like two or three thousand, or was it 20,000 colonists? And they're all in the, uh, they're what, hyperbaric chambers or, or airlocked chambers or whatever they're, I forget what they're called in, in every sci-fi movie. Then, um... And the, the crew is kind of just like a skeleton crew that's getting them from point A to point B. And they come across a distress signal. And, uh, you know, they go down to investigate. And it just so happens that it was David's, um, you know, ship that had crash landed on this planet. And he had, uh, you know, the, so the crew goes out and search for, you know, you know, see what's going on. And then they encounter, they encounter David, and then it goes on from there. 
So without spoiling anything past that, we can get a get into a little bit a uh, little bit more into this. So most of the crew of of course just like most of these movies is going to be, you know, red herrings and cannon fodder to aliens. And you get to learn a little bit more about where the chest busters came from. Um, and you get to learn a little bit more of why the alien takes the shape that they do, which is kind of interesting. But um, I, in my opinion, it, it of course it doesn't ruin any other movies because you know you can watch those on their own merits. You can watch those anytime. And but just kind of knowing, you know, the backstory that they've kind of tried to graph onto it and build onto that, it it does. I, you know, you can't not think about that when you go back and watch these and try to put pieces together or, or try to, you know, pin the tail on the donkey on where it, where, you know, the, since these are like prequels or whatever, you can try to pin down what, uh, like the, the, the storyline is grafted onto that and you can't really forget that. But it, it's not for hard for me to just enjoy something as it, as it is, you know, especially like the originals or classics. But, uh, you know, the first two are, um, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, so, so this movie, you know, it's kind of crazy because within, like, the first, like, I'd say 35 to 40 minutes, they've already killed off, like, five characters. Like, four or five characters. And um, it, it's just, it, it's kind of interesting because they haven't, you know, most of the time it's just kind of a slow burn. But then when this one hits, it just goes 100 percent and although i don't think that that would be a bad problem except like the characters that they set up they they're it's just like in a lot of the a lot of these recent movies like the mummy and um wonder woman it 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 just seems like there isn't enough character development within these characters for you to really care that much about them and and especially like with the first alien you had so much time with this with this crew, and you know every single person like pretty much in and out, or, or you know you're given a good glimpse of what they're like, to where you'd actually care what happens to them. And in this, it, it doesn't really have any of that emotional weight. So when a lot of them, you know, start getting slaughtered, you're just like, okay, I've seen them for like a minute or two. They may have spouted off like two lines at this point. You know, you're trying to build a slight camaraderie on the ship ride down to the planet, but that's about it. And there really isn't any other, um, uh, like I, I know there was like a, a web comment, what not web comment, like a uh, like a small intro to this movie, which I didn't see. So I, I you know, maybe they have some more explanation of of uh, you know the crew and why they're out there and things like that. That. I I know that was directed by his son, Ridley Scott's son, but I I didn't catch that. So um, just going on based on the movie, you know, alone, I, I don't think that there was enough character development to really, you know, care about these characters. Uh, you know, in other words, it doesn't like at the end of the movie, you know, whether people live or where people pass on. It's like I don't, I hardly even knew their names. So you know, what really was the point? And, uh, so, so there's that aspect. There's like, you know, the alien running amok, you know, of course, you know, taking out people, you have that side's plot. And then the other side is, uh, so the colonist ship is also has a, another Android on it. And, you know, 
it's not without its faults too. Like it, it just runs, you know, a clean ship. It's supposed to wake everybody up at a certain point and things like that. So when they crash land, they meet each other. Um, you know, David and then the, the new robot. And of course they look alike or they're, they look exactly the same. And so you have kind of like the tension here where one Android is, is kind of changed in a way, you know, is, is kind of lived with Shaw you know, this whole time and built like a compassion around her and, you know, them kind of playing off each other and challenging each other and, you know, challenging their humanity and, uh, like sentient, like programming and going beyond what they were programmed. So you have that, I'm not going to give too much away about that, but you know, they have that battle there. And then there's just some really awkward parts that kind of grow that bond between them. And it, it doesn't really... <laughs> Yet again, it's just like with the other characters. There's there's time spent on these characters, but it doesn't really have any emotional weight. It doesn't. Uh, I I could you know take a take it or leave it. You know I I just wish if it was this a movie if this was a movie about David and Shaw like crash landing on this planet and just trying to survive that would be a, and everything else uh, the revelations you learn at the end would be fantastic. Um, you know I know I'm beating around the bush here, but. Um, you know, if, if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about that, you know, if they had that kind of survival style movie and you learn about like how she put David back together and, you know, what they went through and like their bond and like, uh, you know, the experiments and things that went on, it, it would have been a lot more interesting. Like that's the story I want to know, you know, this new crew, uh, you know, the revelations and things like that. There's a couple of nice little nuggets, I guess, to, to, to carry on to future films and to connect the dots between the past films, but it just doesn't do much. And so at the end of the day, it just, there was just some boring, some, some boring parts and a twist you can just see a mile away. And, uh, the acting, um, wasn't all that great, uh, between anyone. And, uh, Michael Fassbender, of course, was the best part of the movie. And so, um, yeah, you know, I just, I just thought that, it, you know, it, it's towards the bottom, you know, it's, it's around, I almost, I, this is kind of sad to say, but I'd almost have to watch Alien Resurrection over to see where I'd place that one in, in accordance with, with, uh, Covenant. So it, it's definitely down towards the bottom. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'd like to watch it again. You know, maybe in, uh, you know, at the house, you know, the speakers turned up really loud and maybe I can get something more out of it. But, you know, at this time and place, I'd give it a two and a half out of five. So, uh, yeah, moving on here. So, uh, yeah, the next film was a film that, uh, you know, we'll just cover this briefly because it's, it, 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 um, it, you know, it's just kind of like a, Saturday afternoon watch, but um, the the next film I watched was called Spectral, from, uh, and it's a movie on Netflix. And this movie was, you know, just like a like a your typical sci-fi action film, and it kind of reminded me of um, I Am Legend in a way, or Mega Man, you know, things like that, you know, like survival style um, films that have kind of a technology uh humanity twist to it so if you're if you're a fan of kind of like action sci-fi 
with a science fiction, more of a science fiction twist to it. You'll like hard sci-fi in a way, like sort of believable, but fun too. I, I definitely say check this out. And the um, basically it's about uh, uh, the military are developing this new uh, uh, like like this new technology. It's called uh, uh, it's like hyperspectral imaging goggles that they can put that the soldiers can put on. And, like, they can kind of go around and film and, you know, uh, um, the, uh, like, the CIA and things like that are working on all this new technology. And so uh, there's operations going on in, um, I believe it's in, uh, where is it? It's uh, Moldova, I believe. And... The, there's uh, some of the soldiers are going in and there's like a resistance and you know some of these soldiers die and when they die they have like video imaging on their helmets and it's replayed and uh, they bring in this specialist on spectral imaging to who built the systems like who built their goggles and uh, brings them in and says hey we want you to see this and it shows like some of these little ghost type images like attacking their soldiers and killing them like several at this point I think there was like up to like three or four deaths at this point. And the commander before taking this almost like ludicrous ghost idea up the chain, he wants his scientific uh, uh, explanation of what's going on. So, you know, uh, the main characters develop the technology wants to, uh, you know, he, he travels, he travels with the, the team on their next mission to, to kind of try to get a glimpse of one and try to figure it out. So, and then there's like a big, huge war at the end between them. And, you know, of course, you know, there's, uh, you know, they figure out what they are and things like that. And it, it really has like a really fun, like I can actually see th this film. I, I believe this film is like, could have been shown in theaters. I, I don't know if it was or not, but it, I think it could have been shown in theaters and, it's definitely better than something like Battle L.A. or um, Chappie. It's better than that. You know, I, I would definitely praise this more than that when those two films. I enjoyed it a lot more. I thought it was like a lot more fun. And I thought that the special effects were really well done for a Netflix, like straight to Netflix movie. I thought it was actually really good. And, you know, it's just kind of like one of those movies that fits in that realm, like... Pandorum, um, you know, uh, what's the one with Guy Pierce? that it was a ripoff of John Carpenter, uh, Escape from L.A. I forget. Yeah, it's kind of like in that zone, like that Escape from L.A. kind of B-side sci-fi story that's better than normal, like better than what you'd think. And so I, I would definitely recommend checking this out, especially if you have Netflix. I, I'd give that a three and a half out of five. So definitely, if you have some time, check that one out. Now, um, now the next film, or the last film uh, to review is Logan. And I, I'm a little late on this one as well. So, um, this movie, I'll just say right out of the gate, this movie, like, blew me away. It was really heartfelt. It was really heartfelt, really mesmerizing, really dark, really brooding, really graphic, really sad. 
Um, you just get an entire range of emotions, I believe, in the movie. It's well shot, well acted. Um, if any of, uh, I'd say if any of the films were going to get an Oscar, I, I'd say it have to be this one. Just all around, like, great job building on mutants and finally coming around to the idea that, you know, being able to make, like, a, a, a drama and still have high action, but still learn so much about the characters is just so much fun and, and so engaging. And um, I just enjoyed that aspect of this film so much. And so basically it's, it's, it's in the future. Logan's had to take like some odd jobs. He's like a, a Uber driver. And uh, he has to care for, uh, you know, Xavier. He's like a lot older. And, um, and you know, throughout the movie, it, 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 you know, they come across like a young girl that they have to transport across country. And that's basically the film. You know, it's just them, uh, you, know, you know, you get a lot of insight into like the Wolverine character and why, not really like why he fights, but you understand like all the pain and suffering that he's been through throughout like his entire career. You, you, uh, it, it kind of like all comes to the forefront and it's kind of like when you're faced with your own mortality, you know, you want to try to do good or, or try to, you know, you have like regrets and stuff that you want to, you know, abide by or, or try to fix. And that's kind of, uh, something that, you know, is explored in this and, and, them living with like a normal family is explored uh and i thought that that was really interesting and but it's just it's just fun you know it's it's set in texas um for the most part and uh you know it's just like a a fun little you know i wouldn't say i wouldn't say fun it's it's really dark and brooding and very very graphic and at times really emotional like it's very sad at some point or I got very very sad even even teared up at some points I thought you know it was just ridiculous and um but yeah the the filmmaking was great the story was great um I particularly liked the look of of Wolverine in this one you know it is like it's kind of like older and damaged and um although they don't go for, you know, this is not really a spoiler, but he doesn't really ever put on the yellow suit. They do uh, some transformations to him to make him look like the Wolverine, which I thought was really cool. And, uh, but, you know, it's just a great commentary on, um, like, how crazy it is to think that there's, like, people in, in uh, like, spandex and things like that saving the world, where, like, at the end of the day, they know that, you know, they're not going to be around forever to save everyone. And they even make, like, comments in the film, like, especially, like, uh, talking about, like, the X-Men comics. Because in this world, like, X-Men, like, they actually made the comics in this world. And, you know, Wolverine, like, actually looks at these comics and sees them as, you know, trash. And, like, you know, nothing... Nothing like this actually happens. It's not like this whatsoever. And, you know, you don't know, like, the pain and suffering that goes on behind the scenes, you know. It's not just us going and fighting crime all the time or, or fighting to save the world all the time. Like, there's there's people behind, you know, the masks 
and and uh, they they really show the emotional weight of that waning on his mind, and it's really captivating, really interesting, and um, and I thought I just thought that the special effects were pretty good, the action sequences I thought were amazing. There's there's some certain times where Xavier is having like these seizures, and when he has a seizure, it's like a weapon of mass destruction, and like freezes time, and like uh, it allows. Like when froze, fr time is frozen, it allows Wolverine to go and just like slash people up. And it's really, really graphic. I can't stress that enough. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just, yeah, they're, they're setting up more movies, of course. But, you know, it had like a smaller budget. Um, you know, they definitely, to me, it seemed like they it took a lot more time and crafted a story that, is kind of like an old western and they even uh you know have mentions of the movie shane in this and uh you know callbacks to that which i thought was really interesting and uh you know I, at the end of the day it's it's probably one of my favorite superhero films or, or like just like dramas in general but it's one of those things where I know over time I'll, I'll come to appreciate it even more, but it's one of those films where it's you just can't watch all the time because it's so dark and so depressing. And it, it's not without its faults either, you know. Um, and it's kind of hard to talk about that, those sections without spoilers. So um, we, we'll, we'll definitely do a, a spoiler. You know, that would actually be really interesting to do like a spoiler episode. And, and, you know, just kind of see how everyone responds to it. You know, if you guys want to have, like, separate episodes of spoilers or, or like, spoilers at the end of the show, you know, let us know. Um, it's the, the Twitter handle is at FeasibleFilm. And you can also send questions and comments to at FeasibleFilm at gmail.com. So, but I, I gave this film a perfect 5 out of 5. It's definitely one of my favorite. This and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 are definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Um, at this point so you know looking forward to that pretty much brings us to the end of the show we don't have a top five um, this time and I promise we'll get to more questions next episode I promise they're, they're, they're starting to pile up so I know we're, we'll definitely get to those so and I appreciate you guys sending them in so you know just keep sending them in and we'll definitely get to them um, so but next week I believe is Cars 3 and that ridiculous looking shark movie that they keep showing on the finals the 47 meters below or whatever it is i don't think we're gonna watch either one of those so that that's probably off the table <laughs> those are probably off the table not that i don't want to see cars 3 i just haven't seen the first two so if you can catch up or if that's something you guys want to uh hear a review on you know let me know so um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Like I said, you can follow us at Feasible Films, our Twitter handle, at FeasibleFilm at gmail.com. And until next time, stay feasible. <laughs>